the biggest differentiator you have is yourself. You, you are the only you. So if you want to stand out, be yourself. It sounds, it sounds silly, but there's so many people that they, they turn on interview mode and, yeah. they, and they try to be as generic as possible. It, you will, you will be forgotten faster than you can imagine if that is who you are in an interview. We're in positions of hiring people, right? And some some of our friends, you know, as we network, we find other people are software developers, and they're having a hell of a time just finding something new. I mean, I think we're talking about one of our friends, fifty job applications, nothing, still unemployed. One of the guys that uh, you know we we hired recently, he literally had a spreadsheet of over a hundred places he inter- or like sent resumes to, and I think he said he only got like ten responses back. There, there are more people applying for jobs than there are jobs available, and people don't know what to do. Yeah, and like these are, I don't know, like again, we know them and they're good candidates, but like it, it's just so weird that they're not making it any further than, hey, I sent you a piece of paper. It's and it's then nothing. Yeah, it's because there's fifty other pieces of paper. Developers have to figure out a way to stand out and it isn't just print your resume on and hope for the yeah. th- thick paper with little ridges like how and, and mail it in with the embossed lettering yeah they they really got to think about how to stand out now fortunately we look at resumes all the time mm-hmm. and for the sake of this video i think we should delve into how we filter through some of the noise because I think that will help people stand out and and our and our our advice may not work for everybody and it may not be wholly applicable yeah but it's you know if, it's if you're having a hard time maybe it's this is something that might inspire you to try something different yeah. and this is kind of our hot take so uh, I'm sure we'll hear a lot of noise in the comments about how none of this advice is applicable but it is how how we have approached filtering there's four steps to that that we have to standing out among the crowd um step one and chris i'll let you kind of go into this be prepared what what does it mean to be prepared when you're applying for a job oh man there's been so many times that somebody and you know it's either the the resume just doesn't match the job description and honestly, I think we had that felt and not saying it's a good or bad thing, but like we had that discussion early in the pandemic when people are laid off. It's like, are people just applying to apply because they have to, yeah. right? Because of, you know, that's how some unemployment laws are set up and they just, it's just, it's just so weird. So like, yeah, sometimes it's, you just legitimately just not be qualified. So, so one of the things that we do when we're looking at a resume and this is just our first filter is... It's not, um, you know, how, how well formatted is your resume? Do you have a bachelor's degree? I don't care about any of that right out of the gate. All, uh, what I'm looking for in a resume is where's your tech stack? Yeah. And how closely does it align with ours? Yep. Doesn't have to be perfect. Right. So, so what... Um, and even for... And, and again, for us at least, like if they say like, you know, you need five years of experience. I'm thinking of the guy that um, created React. He applied for a job and I said, you need 10 years of React. 
Literally, the <laughs> own, the person that created it did not legitimately did not have enough experience to do it. That's hilarious. You don't know enough about React, yeah. to apply for this job. Yeah, the years of experience, it's like it's important, but it 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 is not my first filter. No, and and usually I don't know. Usually, whenever I see those years of experience, it's just about is it an entry level position mid-level or senior yeah like th that's the way i always try to read it even though it doesn't come off that way i was interviewing a guy today and um i was pretty candid with him i said look you're you're a senior developer um but i'm not sure you're a good fit for this project because your tech stack is not in alignment with um the the project and he he really downplayed it as like it doesn't matter i'll figure it out and um, while I don't, um, while, I, while I do believe he will, the problem is he's competing with a dozen other people. That who, are ready to go. That are ready to go. Yeah. So um, in, in this case, we, we're still giving him a shot. But I, I was pretty honest with him. I'm like, the market is hot right now. Like, and there are a lot of people who are not going to need the four weeks to ramp up that I know you're going to need. Even though you're a senior, I know you're going to need four weeks to mm -hmm. familiarize yourself with the tech stack. These, these kids who don't need to make as much as you because they haven't been doing it for 20 years mm -hmm. are going to be able to hit the ground running a lot faster. So make sure your tech stack aligns with the position. Um, and that might mean you apply for less jobs. Yeah. Well, and also like one of those things is, you know, it, just because you have the... You know, you're like, oh, yeah, I know that. Make sure it's at least present on your resume. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, because honestly, like that, because you, how are you going to convey that resume is go is your first impression to someone. And yep. if you can't, if the information that you need to convey isn't present, it's, they're not going to get that. Yeah. And, and and this is, this is our first filter. Some companies, they're going to look at that degree and they're going to say, don't have a degree. You're out of here. Right. Um, that. I can't speak to that because that's not how I filter candidates. Um, but regardless, that first or that second filter is probably going to be tech stack. So make sure that your tech stack aligns with the position. And it like maybe you don't know um, React, but you know Angular. Maybe you don't know C Sharp, but you know Java. That's okay. There's there's alignment there. Yeah, it's not perfect, but it's there. Right, and and just know that you might be at a disadvantage with someone going into it, but you're. At at least you might not be out of the ballpark at that point in time. And it's worth when you're in that interview highlighting, hey, I'm aware that I don't know C Sharp, but I'm really freaking good at Java. And I've already started the process of ramping up to this to this technology. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I try to do, especially if you get into that uh, interview process is, um, you know, when we do the technical screenings or when if I were in that position, it's the... um. I'm going to relate what I know. Okay, I know this is how I could do this in Java. Okay, like I have I have the solution. I just need to figure out how to do it in C Sharp. Okay, like clearly you you have the idea of how to solve the problem. You just need that syntax or understanding of how to do it. Yeah. So like, you know, and, and that might be most of the battle there is just 
are you even have a good solution in the and, first and place? And with with tools like Copilot, ChatGPT, that bridge is really easy to close. It gets smaller. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so be prepared. No, make sure your tech stack aligns with that position. Also, take five minutes to learn about the company and the culture. Yeah, I mean, it's, there's been. <laughs> I mean, I, I get a kick every once in a while. Is like, you know, we get through, you know, let, so the person gets through the screening, you know, they got through, resume's good, they got through the first part of the interview, and then you ask at the end, you know, what questions do you got for me? What do you guys do? What do you guys do? <laughs> That's such an off-putting question. Like, it's like, you're applying for a job that you know nothing about. Right. It, I don't know why that bothers me, but it does. You should, I mean, yeah, because it's like, why did you, why did you even apply for the first place? Yeah. Like, again, everybody's motivated differently. You know, is it based on money? Is it based on pride? Is it based on, you know, the, the work that this is, things actually going to entail? And just right at that point is saying, I'm not going to care. Yeah. This is just going to be a paycheck. Um, and, and I'm not saying that it can't be just a paycheck, but, are you going to be happy doing that? Yeah. Are you going to be happy working at a company that you know nothing about? Some people would probably say, yeah, and good on you. But just know that the person you're talking to cares about the company. and Or when, the product or some, yeah. Th some, yeah. And when you care, it, it builds a, a relationship. Yeah. yeah. So um, I don't want to say fake it, but like try to care a little bit about the company that you're applying for yeah um, or the product or something about like yeah just again know something about what you're walking into yeah don't just like be like oh this is the front door like maybe at least know the name of the company yeah what are you guys called <laughs> I, I, I think we actually got that question once. how did you find the building <laughs> um point number two be specific and in, in this context i'm gonna say don't talk about um, the role you had or the things you did necessarily. Talk about the projects you worked on and the problems you solved. Yeah, because I mean, honestly, so I think we've talked, I don't know if we've talked, I talked with some people about this. You know, what's the difference between an SE one, two, and three? It could vary from company to company. Right? What, like it, what is the difference in your, in your, in your brain? Well, in, in my brain, the SE one is um I, I look at it in two different ways but the fc one is they can build a field right front to back cool a field like a like a data element thing on a like page. a text box yeah, or yeah, something yeah. whatever it is uh se2 can build a module no a feature sorry they can build a feature up to like up and down so um you know it might be like a whole page like an administrative page of yeah managing users or something like that right so it's not like a whole system but it's just like a it's a you know could be critical piece of functionality but they can do that independently up and down yep then you got the uh se3 and then that's the person that's whole module right so like i'm going to build like the user management like i'm going to do the roles i'm going to do the permissions i'm going to do all, all the things that need to go into it and i can do that front to back by myself um and then you got the senior who should be able to do literally system from scratch, nothing, get the infrastructure, everything, like all that up and scale it up and down. Yeah, and, and support the SE one, two, and three in the process. 
Yeah. So yeah. So a, as you go up in tier, you're supporting all the people below you. So talk to me then about why um, being specific in your resume matters. Right. So um, you know we talked about this one of our earlier videos is about uh, sometimes your manager might be testing you on a different kind of project, right? And that might not actually align with what your job responsibilities are or what your title is. But that by doing that project and if you're successful at it. It can show that, you know what, you are nearing the ladder toward this next step. So, for example, you might be a junior software developer, but you built a module. Yeah. If you just said, I worked in user management or I was responsible for adding features to user management, that might not speak to the significance of what you did. You're like, right. no, I, I added claims-based authentication. There, there's a difference between working in an authentication system and building an authentication system and in integrating with single sign-ons like Okta, Azure AD, um, OpenID Connect, and OAuth. Yeah. So just speaking to the projects and, and the role you played might actually help you get out of the role that you're currently in. Right. Because your manager has given you opportunities above and beyond what your job description <laughs> yeah. would have allowed. Um, and And... It, it's boring to read just just from a hiring manager's perspective and and um and i i say this from a point of privilege so um i i need to be careful like it's it's not that it's boring it's when you read a hundred a thousand resumes you 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 your brain skips over the commonalities it's just how our brains work well, it, yeah, right. It, it's like how you, so, you know, this is kind of the thing is what, 10, 15 years ago when you built a resume, hey, everyone's going to put Word and Excel on their thing because that's not a common skill. Yeah. Well, now it's, well, no, why would you include it? Like, that's just a given. My eyes don't even see it. Like, it's, so when you say unit testing, regression testing, um, agile, all those things, it's ubiquitous now. I don't care. I, I just assume you know that. I want to know what did you do? Yeah. So when I apply, I, I just applied for a new job and I, I transitioned, by the way, to this new job. Um, the I always start with my old resume, mm -hmm. but I rewrite everything. And I there are things that I, in the past, I highlighted. They were significant parts of my resume. And now I've diminished them a little bit. I, I maybe got a little bit more brief in my description of it to make room for the new stuff the new stuff yeah so um even like when you're being specific um it might also mean trimming some of the things that you were specific on in the past i don't i don't need to highlight my accomplishments as a junior developer or even as a as a team lead from 2006 right I can I can I can be very concise with that, but the things that I've done in the last five years, I want to heavily emphasize on my resume. Yeah, machine learning, you know, machine yeah. learning translations or things like that. So you can, you can start with your old resume, but realize you need to edit every single aspect of that resume, even the things that were were perfectly polished, like five years ago. Yeah, and um, another thing to kind of also mention, and especially from the resume aspect, um, don't. Don't go off for paragraphs, right? Like everything you're gonna do, try to be clear yeah. and concise. Um, God, I can't remember how long ago this was, but I know I sent you like a resume because 
somebody gave the advice of like put in all the things it that was are meaningful. five pages long it was ridiculous it was and i was like this feels so <laughs> wrong <laughs> like two pages tops yeah it, and honestly like two two pages is good i'm gonna look at the first page or yeah. two and yeah what you did 10 years ago is not irrelevant but it has very it's 10 years ago yeah it has very little impact on what you're gonna be today yeah. um and, and honestly like if, you, if you're advancing in your career growth it's just going to naturally be more complex, more sophisticated problems that you're going to be solving. Yeah. The other thing that, and, and this is a, there, there's mixed opinions on this. Um, but in the, in the context of being specific, I like to put at the top of my resume, um, what it is I'm looking for. Um, your career, your career objective. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why am I, why am I even doing this? What am I hoping to pursue? Uh, and the more specific you can be, like, like, don't say I'm a passionate software developer looking for opportunities to grow professionally. Like, that doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it's your, yeah, because you really want to state your ambition. Yeah, right. Because it, then um, it could tell the company, like, are you even in alignment? Or is that even something that they're going to be able to afford you? Yeah, like, like one of the things I'm really passionate about is SaaS. I love building. SaaS products, which actually might disqualify me from a large portion of jobs. But for the ones that it, I am in alignment with, it lets me stand out. So um, if a company doesn't care about SaaS or it's not something they're passionate about um, or just the concept of product development, um, I probably won't enjoy working there. Mm-hmm. And if I put it in if I put it in that top section, like I, this is something I'm really passionate about, I, I want to find a place to work that... Um, I get opportunities to grow in this area. When you find that company where that actually is in alignment, you are now a hundred meters ahead of everybody in the mm-hmm. race because they're thinking about, hey, if this guy's interested in this or this girl's interested in this, um, th- th- there's a future here. Like they're they're not just going to jump ship and two years or it might have them open their eyes to something that they might not have been considering originally like yeah. oh like this is something that we 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 have somebody that is um desires this and they want to pursue you know maybe it's uh like one of the things we're working on right now is uh converting our application to be a progressive web app like having something in there about that might be like oh like that actually might be something we might want to pursue in the future yeah i was talking to a lady who she she had been she was 30 years deep in ui ux and um i i was like the interview was going really well i'm like look you're you're a perfect fit for this job my only concern is um you might not want this job because based on your experience i get the impression you want a place where you can drive the process. You you mm-hmm. you want to influence the creative process. You don't want to just be a UI UX creator. Developer, yeah. yeah. You want to be just just judging from how you're talking. I get the sense that you want to be in a company that is amicable to changing everything from top down throughout the entire design process. And she's like, you hit it right on the head. I'm like that's perfect to know because I want to make sure where I put you is is going to offer you that and not not just you're not just going to be handed um, some scaffolding and say go build some UI with with these tools 
because she wouldn't have wanted that job. Right. So be specific about what your aspirations are and, and make sure that you're actually going to enjoy um, this job if, if you do get it. Yeah. And like, you know, for my example, 10 years ago, actually, this whole story is just weird. Um, but the fact that I, like, I had that section on the top. And as I was driving to the interview, they re-read re- my resume and they read the line. You know, aspiring software developer, trying to get first job, whatever it is. Like, this is what I'm trying to do. And then they realized, like, oh, this is a marketing job. Like, this isn't... This like this this isn't gonna work like they're like if you still want it you can come interview. I was like, no, like So cl- so there was like coding aspects to it. No, there it, wasn't. They just didn't how, why did you apply to a marketing job? I didn't because it's a Northwestern Mutual. So like they have a is a lot of internships at the time. Oh gotcha. And gotcha, then they yeah. just funneled my resume in You you just threw your resume at NM and they just They put it somewhere. Put it they put somewhere. it in marketing. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, it's such an NM thing to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, third tip, uh, and this one might seem counterintuitive, uh, be authentic. And by this, I mean, don't be generic in your response in order to be amicable to everybody. Yeah. Don't be a, I mean, it's not like, don't be a people pleaser. Cause I mean, but like essentially it's have an opinion have an opinion and it's okay to have a strong opinion and you this might mean that you don't get 80 percent of the jobs you apply for but it will make you stand out for the 20 percent that you're actually going to enjoy and and you're going to get that the goal here is not to like throw out a giant net and hope that you get one job the goal is to find the job you're going to love and to stand out as much as you can. Yeah. And this isn't to say like that having a strong opinion is saying you have to stand by it 24-7. Yeah. Like opinions do change, right? Um, but it's have the opinion, have the reasoning of why you feel that way. And it you, you'd be surprised by, by having a, a different opinion is, I mean, we've, some of our develop, some of the developers I work with, they have a completely different way of thinking. And just because of that, they have different opinions and having a conversation with them leads to different solutions that neither of us would have come up with in the first place. Yeah. Like, cause usually what we do is we try to find a middle ground that works out for everyone. Um, the, the most common opinion that I hear is, well, do you like working with small teams or large teams? Do you like agile or waterfall? And the answer is, oh, I, I can work in any team or I don't really care. You care. You, you really do. You, you, and it's, it's really hard not to have an opinion on something as fundamental as how many people are you working with and the dynamic of the team. Um, it's okay to have an opinion. I, I, I would rather somebody say, I, I love the energy of a small team. I love that. But I'm willing to work on any size team. That, that's an example of having an opinion but being open to something. Yeah, to compromise. Yeah. But just knowing like, hey, this guy really likes working in small teams. That's good to know. Like yeah. that maybe there's an opportunity for that. Um, and it'll also help you stand out in a, in a culture where they value small teams. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't, don't be generic. Have an opinion. Um, the biggest differentiator you have is yourself. You, you are the only you. So if you want to stand out, be yourself. It sounds, it sounds silly, but there's so many people that they, they turn on interview mode and, yeah. they, and they try to be 
as generic as possible, it you will you will be forgotten faster than you can imagine if that is who you are in an interview. Well, and there's a difference between like being in I, I don't know the way I call it I guess is presentation mode. Yeah. But like there there's a way to be yourself like kick yourself up a notch but still be you. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean it just might be more animated, maybe be more jokey or something like that, but like it's not things that you wouldn't do outside the norm of who you are. Yeah. Um the other thing of being authentic is don't overstate your accomplishments. Like when people write resumes, it's like they automatically become a thesaurus. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. How many different ways can I state that I got projects done on time? Um, it, to me, that's that it's off-putting. I, I don't want you to... I, I love it when people say things in as concise a way as possible because it's easier for me to understand. Right. And, and, and this is back to the kind of the be specific a little bit is... Uh... There's probably an alternative way of saying like, okay, I, I complete 90% or 100% of my projects on time. 100% is a quantifiable number. Now, I'm going to call BS on that because you're going to be late you're on gonna be something. Late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but if you can alter, if you can think about how you would state on your resume or in discussion, like that, that has some weight to it, right? So like this is one of the things like on resumes, right? You have the skill section and it's one out of five stars or two, like who's scaling that? Nobody. Like it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I'm an expert in everything. Yeah. Are you? Are you? Are you five? Five out of five on everything. And I'm not saying use the same five words over and over again. Like you can be. You can. You, you can, can vary. You it. can vary. Just talk like you would normally talk. Like don't use words that you wouldn't say um, in every day. Yeah. Yeah. Don't use the ten dollar words or five dollar words. Yeah. Like use the one dollar word. Yeah. Yeah. We're we're all budget people. Use the penny or five cent words. Um. <laughs> So be authentic, be yourself. Um, it, it, again, it might it might put you behind in most interviews, but it is going to set you apart in the ones that really matter and the ones that you really want. Uh, and then the last point, be curious. So by this, I mean ask questions. There's always time at the end of the interview to ask questions. What are your favorite questions people ask? Oh, man. I mean, what, what, I don't know. It, one that always usually catches me off guard is like, well, how did you get here? Yeah, I mean, because like it's just like sure. I mean, because I mean, honestly, they are they're going to be working with me, so like it's good that they know want yep. to know something about me. But yeah, it it's just interesting. You know, one of the ones that I usually appreciate is just like you know just trying to get an idea of like what what does a day to day actually look like. I feel like that's a real simple given. If you really don't know what to ask, um, but I mean, you know, it helps you know. You know, are you going to fit? Do you enjoy the culture? Do you enjoy? the work that's going to be done um are you going to get a sense of like maybe you're going to be micromanaged maybe that's okay maybe that's not some people like being micromanaged yeah they just yeah Yeah. we'll push this button (laughs) okay sure um and then the one question i love to ask is how do you define success i i recently took a new job and it's a pretty big leap for me i'm going from uh, being a director of a department to a director of a division. And that's a lot more people. Uh, I'm responsible for selling stuff, which yeah. is something I've never had to think about. Yeah. Um, Do not envy you on that aspect. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I was really leery about this opportunity because I'm like, how do you define success? Like, And one of the questions I love to ask is six months from now, what – what do you need to see from me in order for you to look back at this decision uh, and and 
and be happy that you hired me. Mm-hmm. And uh, the answer I got was, we, I would like for you to have landed one one new client. And that that's great because here I'm thinking, boy, I got to land a client every week, or I got to like like you have no idea. I have no idea. So just hearing them say that, it's like I I got this, or or I I want you to to be billable twenty percent of your time. Great, I can do that. Um, so, but just asking that question, it alleviates a lot of my apprehension about the job. It helps me make an informed decision. It also does another thing that's really, there's a little bit of psychology here. It gets the employer picturing you in the job. And that is how, especially if this is the last question they're, you're going to ask, it's, the, it's what they're going to remember. It's the, it's the final imprint that you leave in that interview. The, if you ask that question and nobody else does, you are going to be remembered as the person who the person who was envisioned in that role. Yeah. Like cuz cuz it shows that you one is that you want it or two is like you're you're also thinking about okay, how do I start this job? Yeah. Um and and we've talked about this in previous episodes, but one of the biggest issues with employees that are disgruntled one, two, three years after they're hired is the way that the employee measures success is very different than the way that the employer measures success. Mm-hmm. And the fastest way to grow uh, is when both you and the employer view success yeah. the same. Because now your career growth makes sense. You're not frustrated. Um, but when you look at your metrics very differently than your employer, like let's say, for instance, you, you look at your metrics as code quality. Like I, I produce really good code, but your boss looks at it as lines of code produced. Yeah, which, geez, I'm so glad <laughs> that's not a thing. Well, I no, mean, I'm, I'm sure some places still do it's it. It's a terrible but. metric, I know, but it is a real metric that some employers do have. Right. Um, they're like, I want to know how this developer's doing. Let me see how many lines of code they checked in. Terrible way to measure a person, but it's real. Um, you need to know that right away. Mm-hmm. You, you need to understand how am I going to be judged um, because it's going to make your growth makes so much more sense. And it also is going to help you find out if there's a red flag here. Like maybe maybe there's something here that yeah, is that worth avoiding. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it, It's better to know then rather than have to figure <laughs> out and go through this whole process again. And now you've got to, yeah. So be prepared, be specific, be authentic, and be curious. And and this might, this might hurt you in a lot of the interviews, but it's going to help you tremendously in the ones that really matter. And it, it will overall result in you being happier at your mm-hmm. next place. So, and also the employer being a lot more confident in yeah. who they got. So, yeah, that's our two cents. Yeah. Our, our, our $1. Our $1. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>